You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with another incredible guest today. So our guest today, Rob Kessler, is the inventor and co-founder of Million Dollar Caller, and GoTylus, a relatively simple solution to fix what his company dubs placketitis, the sinking, wrinkling, and folding of the placket of a casually worn dress shirt. GoTylus is the first shirt designed to be worn tylist, featuring Million Dollar Collar. Rob, welcome to the show. This is exciting. I, as a traveler, I'm always, I always, I want to bring dress shirts with me, but they always get wrinkled. So good to have you on the show, brother. Uh, how's it going? Good man, good. Yeah, it's um, it's been uh, it's been a wild little ride here. So love to talk about it. Fantastic. So just for the <laughs> listeners that uh, that you know outside of the bio, do you want to just give a quick overview of who you are and what you do? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I just did another podcast right before this, and and they titled me serial entrepreneur. I don't know. I've had a dozen or two LLCs over over my lifetime. I I. I'm not a big fan of titles, so I, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird to me. It, it, it's funny when I'm out with my wife and I meet one of her friends or something, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I, I'm i a business guy. I, don't, I do, do, do business. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how to define it. I just I find things that I like, and then I see if there's an opportunity, and I build a little business around it and have some fun and, and see where it goes. So, um, so I've sold uh, houses, cars, and diamonds, so the three biggest things most people will buy. Uh, invented a product. I've started multiple companies. I'm a 50-ton master captain. I have a charter business. Um, I had a screen printing business. I had a clothing company. So yeah, I've done real estate, all kinds of stuff. So wow. um, just love, you know, finding something that I that I enjoy and and, and kind of digging in and seeing what the opportunities are. You can see why I really wanted to have Rob on the show here. He just is, it just epitomizes the, uh, the, the attitude of just sink your teeth in and get it done. So, uh, Rob share with the listeners, maybe a story of a time that you went out and reached for a dream. You maybe you saw an impossible task and you set yourself up to just go for it. Uh, I'm in it right now. You know, million dollar collar is, uh, it's, I patented it. it. Took two and a half years and um, a little over a hundred thousand dollars to do. So that was uh, insanely expensive. And um, you know, I'm I'm in the middle of this process. We've been selling online for just over six years now. We've sold about a half a million units to people in 125 countries. So that's been super exciting. We've had I don't know 30,000 customers or something like that. So it's a really different world for me. You know, everything else has been on a really uh, you know, person to person relationship, houses, cars, and diamonds. Like I said, I mean, you don't just walk in and, and spend a half a million dollars on a house. And, you know, I mean, in certain markets, I guess you do, but, uh, you know, most real estate, most of, you know, if you're going to propose to someone you love, you want to make sure that, that diamond looks right. So, you know, everything I've done so far has been really relationship based. And so this being an e-commerce thing is, you know, it's a little bit more challenging to try to get my point across and my personality across, but, um, you know, we're, we're in the middle of it. We're trying to license this to some major brands and just get it built in right at, uh, at production. So. Um, incredible. So, do you have a, let's, let's, let's take us to a story of, of maybe a time that it was particularly challenging. You know, maybe there was a moment that as you're growing this business, you're, you're faced with something that was like, Whoa, this is hard. What was that? What was you that know, moment? 
<laughs> every day. I mean, I hear no thousands and thousands of times. I've heard, you know, we first got the patent and my partner and I got meetings with every major brand in New York. So we flew out there and spent a week and just met with every company, talked to everybody and got a little bit of interest. And, but a lot of, I'm not really sure if our customer cares. I'm not really sure if you're this or that. So it's like, okay, well, um, we'll go prove it. So we've been selling direct to consumer for the most part for the last five, six years. Uh, obviously the last year and a half, two years has been a little bit challenging uh, as people moved into more of the home office and a little bit more casual, um, but sales are up and you know we continue to grind through. So the focus this year, now that we've got close to a half a million units in sales is really talking to the factories and really talking to these big brands and saying, look, let's, let's make this a, a staple thing in your shirts and, and really set your shirts apart. I mean, Statistics say that 90% of men wear a, uh, a dress shirt without a tie most of the time. So you're talking 80-90% of the time, 80-90% of dress shirts are worn without a tie. And nobody has the technology addressing the front of the shirt like I do. Nobody does. Mm. And so it's frustrating that those brands aren't seeing it. You know, they're like the Titanic and they're taking forever to pivot. Um where, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm like just itching, like, let's go, man, let's go, let's do it. We, we got really close back in October of 2019. Um, this all came about, if you could see over my shoulder here, that's my wedding day. Um, this, the, my shirt fell apart on my wedding day, just made me look terrible before I could even say I do. And that was an express one MX, which is the number one selling dress shirt in America, 30 million units a year. I think they sell something like that. Um, so we had an, a meeting with express, they invited us out. We're talking to them. We go through this whole thing and everybody, like all these different departments, are like, yeah, it's really cool. And I go, you want to see something really cool. I'll give you marketing gold right there is my wedding shirt sitting right there on my counter. And I flipped it around. I slid it across the table and they were like, Oh my God. And then it turned out that the owner of express was like the main guy that funded, uh, Jeffrey Epstein and then COVID hit and their other company was struggling. So like yeah it's pretty wild how you just put something in motion and then you just start talking to other people and then the wheels start turning the flywheel starts going but you know really just if we can kind of bring it back to you know the listeners maybe they're just at the beginning stage of that what are some practical tips that you can suggest for people to start getting that momentum in their in their dreams well, I've had success because in the things that I was passionate about, you know, if I was just chasing a dollar and thinking that there was an opportunity to make some money, it, it's easy to fall off. And when you hear no for the thousandth time, or you get a door slammed in your face, it's easy to say, man, screw this. It's not worth it. But, you know, I, I passionately believe that my product will change dress shirts forever. Um, I want to be ubiquitous. It should be in every single dress shirt that's made you know, with a, a small majority that are minority that aren't. Um, so because I'm passionate about what I'm doing, it's easier to fight through those times. I mean, trust me, there's days that I sit on the couch, like, what am I doing with my life? I'm 44 years old. I, we didn't make any sales today online. Like what the hell is happening? You don't know. But fortunately I have a partner in life, my wife that, you know, on the days that I'm down, she is just crushing that life. And, you know, the days that she happens to be questioning things and not knowing where she's going to go, she is a badass Hollywood stunt woman. So she's been in Captain Marvel and a ton of huge movies and TV shows and music videos and done all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, even after all that, there's days she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, I, you know, and she's just, you know, a little insecure. 
And, you know, I'm always there to help boost her back up and, and push her through. And so, you know, having that support team is really, really important for us, at least. And, you know, we live in Atlanta. We didn't know anybody when we moved here. We didn't know anybody when we moved to Los Angeles. So we really rely on each other to get through those times. Yeah, it's really fascinating. So I would love to hear maybe some of the thoughts that you have around where we're headed you know, in, in the future, I know like you have a great mission to, to really uh, revolutionize the dress shirt, but let's zoom out and just, you know, in Rob's world, what are you really excited about in the future? What do you see um, some trends that happening that, that are particularly noteworthy? This, you could either answer this with your industry or just in life in general. Um, you know, I really loved working in an office setting, not, you know, that I had a cubicle, but when I was in real estate, when I was in my early twenties, mid twenties, um, I loved the, you know, atmosphere of being around other people and, and having that synergy and that, that stuff happening. So, you know, I feel like as people ran away from the offices over the last few years that in the next short amount of time, people are going to be running back to those types of spaces, especially the creative people that, really know, you know, that's one of the things I loved about LA is almost everybody that I met there knew that they couldn't do it on their own. And there was so much help between each other and people trying to help each other out. And I love that synergy and that um, working together. And you just don't get that working from home. I, I have done it for so long, but I, I really want to be in a space where I could be around other people and shoot ideas off of them and, you know, see what their thoughts are and, and have more of a, you know, relationship again. It, it's just so hard to do to me over a camera or over a phone. Yeah, absolutely. That in-person connection is something that it's, I'm really excited to see um, that start to come back. It, you know, and it, I'm, I've been using WeWorks for the last year and I just, it just, you need that. Or at least I do. A lot of yeah. people need yeah. that, but yeah, very cool. Um, so going through your businesses, I'm sure that you've had the opportunity to really think about the way that you approach problems, the way you approach decisions. And that's one of the things I really like to geek out about on the show. How do people make good decisions? How do people um, look at the things that they're doing in their life and come up with the best framework in which to approach them? Do you have a decision-making framework or a mental model or just a general life philosophy that you'd like to lean on? Yeah. You know, my dad, I learned a lot from, he started, uh, with nothing, uh, borrowed $700 from my grandpa, moved from Detroit to Milwaukee. And, uh, two years ago, he retired from his seven location jewelry store with 150 employees and I don't know, $35 million a year in revenue or something. So, you know, having watched him grow that business, um, and worked for him twice, once in college. And then once, uh, after the, the real estate crash in 2008, um, you know, he always said it, it goes in the order of customer first, team second, and the company third. And so if you really focus on the customer and the customer's needs and making them happy, um, to me, you can't go wrong. You know, I'm like I said, I'm a, I'm a big customer service guy because most of the sales I've done has been relationship based. Um, but even in this, it's, you know, if somebody's got a problem, let's, I, number one, I want to figure out what the problem is. It's, see if there's something I can do. And if I can't, I'm going to refund them. I'm going to just do whatever I can. I mean, not everybody is, there's no one product for everybody. So I get that, but um, I'm very, very, very customer centric. And I try to respond to emails as fast as possible. And, you know, I, I always say, Oh, Hey, sorry for the delay. If it's been like six or eight hours, they're like the delay, it's the weekend, dude, Sunday. I didn't think I was going to hear from anybody until like Monday. And so I'm, I'm really fast on getting that. And, 
um, you know, it's nice to hear when people are not thinking that they're going to hear from somebody and then they get back to them quickly. So customer first. Yeah. And so what do you, what do you, what do you do in terms of really making your customers feel special? Like what are some of the, the approaches that you take? Um, you know, what's the experience like from their side? Cause I think that's, that's a, an important part of everything we do is like building that community aspect into a brand. And so often it gets neglected and it really is the thing that separates, you know, I think that, that, that winning experience from somebody. So we'd love to hear your approach. Yeah. I mean, the simple thing that we start with, with, um, you know, we do online sales, so there's not a lot of interaction. Um, so I, my mom actually, um, does all of my daily orders. So if you order from our website or, you know, Walmart or one of these places, my mom's going to do it. And I said, just handwrite, just write their name on it and then sign your name. And it's just like, the smallest little personal touch, but at least it's like, oh, there, there was a human on the other side of this. So if someone's like bitching that something's wrong, it's like, oh, hey, sorry, my mom must have missed that. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? It's like, come on, dude, like we're people, we're humans, you know, problems happen. Um, you know, for us, my wife and I, we built the charter business in Los Angeles. It's called Bella Boating. Um, and for us, you know, we've been on boats for a long time and, and you just want to show up and have a good time. So that business we supply almost everything. So we've got towels and we've got a little charcuterie board when you get on and bottled water and ice and cups. And, you know, you see some of these other charter boats and people are lugging like a week's worth of camp gear and coolers and all this crap. And it's just like, no, dude, show up with a couple bottles. We've got everything else taken care of. Have a great time. We'll take care of it all and then go home. So always thinking about the customer that way. Uh, we always have for all of our businesses that we, that we can, uh, we're always doing all-inclusive pricing because I hate being nickel and dime. I don't want to do the math. Just tell me how much the freaking thing costs so I can just mentally put it together. We own uh, two commercial buildings with 32 offices, and they were similar to WeWork, except it was an all-inclusive office. So it included your internet, your electricity. It was your own space that you could lock up and leave. All-inclusive. I mean, we had offices from 350 bucks a month to, I don't know, eight or 900 bucks a month. And it just included internet. So you just wrote one check every month. And the name of that company was getoffyourkitchentable.com because it was like the first office that you have when you're leaving the house, you just, you're, you know, the kids stuff is everywhere and you don't, you want to look a little bit professional. So you just need this little office. They were like hundred, 125 square foot offices. They weren't very big, but it was a place for someone to go. And so we just try to, we always put ourselves in the customer's shoes first, and then we start building the company around that. Hmm. You know, I love hearing the the amount of impact that you're able to have across so many different um, industries. And, and when you get an idea, it sounds like you just go out and and start to create it. the The thing that it's, I'd love for to see if we can explore a little bit is this concept of leverage, right? Because when you create a business, you need a lot of power. You know, there's a lot of things that moving moving pieces that need to go into place in there. And sometimes people might not have enough leverage to make that happen. Would love to hear your thoughts about that concept of just leverage and utilizing the assets that you have to create something new. So, you know, to me, leverage is two points. It's, it's money and it's time. Um, and one of the things that we spend and invest a lot of money in for us, which if you think about a, you know, a stock, you can get a free website from Wix for nothing or, you know, 29 bucks a month for Shopify. I mean, million dollar collar, I think we spend around 12 or 13, $1,400 a month just on the website and the automations within it. 
But to me, that's a really, really cheap employee. For 1400 bucks a month, I've got somebody that's going to follow up if you abandon the card or it's going to say thank you for ordering and it's going to ask you for a review. And it does the work of maybe one or two people. So for us on leveraging time, it's making sure that we have these automations and these systems in place so that when someone does get into that funnel and does make a purchase or doesn't make a purchase, there's some interaction and there's a chance to, to close them at some point. And that ends up becoming very inexpensive over the course of life. Um, our charter business, we don't talk to probably 80 or 85% of our customers we never even speak to. So we've dialed in the website to answer all the questions. You can go on there, you can book, you can pick your date, your time, how many people, contract automatically goes out, like everything is just done. And you know, a lot of people might look at spending two or three thousand bucks to set that up as like really expensive, but I got 80% of my clients I don't ever talk to. I mean, so now I just answer phone calls and answer a couple of questions here and there, and the rest of it's just taken care of. So leveraging time is huge. Leveraging money, um, I'm learning more and more about that. Um, the second real estate deal that we bought, we had five grand in the deal. We paid $160,000 for a 16,000 square foot building. We spent the money to refur refurbish it. We put a new roof on some new HVAC painted, updated this old kind of forgotten building, uh, and sold it, filled it and sold it 13 months later for four fifty. So, wow. you know, it's to me, real estate is the ultimate where you learn to leverage because you put down 20,000 or 20% on something and it's worth five times more than what you have into it. So, to understand that concept of leverage is real estate and there's, there's good money, there's good debt, and then there's bad debt. And so, you know, we're very heavy into, we don't have move credit cards, but we pay them off at the end of the month. Um, and we leverage in real estate to, you know, accumulate, um, wealth and, you know, things like that. So. Yeah. That's, and it is the ultimate ability to multiply your, your impact. You know, when you think about trying to live a big, bold life, you've got, you can only do so much with your time, but then once you start to multiply that time, you're able to do so much more. And that is really personified in just the things that you're doing here. Um, as we're working towards wrapping up here, I'd love to just see if we can summarize one of your most impactful life lessons. Uh, this could also be some advice that you've heard from somebody along your journey. Uh, impactful life lesson. You know, <clears throat> I've always have thought um, to do more than, than you're asked. I mean, I remember when I was 12, 13 years old, cutting the lawn and I started cutting my dad's lawn and I got my five bucks from him. And then the neighbors were paying me 10 and 12 and 15 bucks to cut their lawn. And I remember being 12 years old and walking behind my lawnmower thinking, I'm going to cut this lawn so good that someone's going to drive by and say, I want you to cut my lawn. And nobody ever did, but I still was like, I'm going to cut this freaking lawn and people like be impressed with the lawn. I don't, I had no reason to think that. I don't know why I thought that, but I've always thought to just deliver more than most people expect. Um, my screen printing business, I, we folded, we got one of those little foot folds and I did, I don't know, a hundred thousand shirts over the years. Every single shirt was individually folded and stacked by size. We also cut out the stock label and screen printed in the beginning and then heat transferred my own label inside. So every one of those hundred thousand shirts became a marketing piece. 
and then they were all stacked. And so if you've ever ordered, you know, a hundred shirts, you pull one small out and then they're bundled in a dozen and then it's a big, it explodes. Now you, here's smalls, here's mediums, here's large, you just pull off and you can hand and you look great because everything's individually folded. You appreciate that. I it took, it was, you know, what was the best was my mom had retired and she would watch my nieces uh, and nephews for a few hours and then come work for me. And I got to work with her for five, uh, five days a week. And she would, my mom would come over and fold the shirts, you know, and, and do QuickBooks and just help out with that. And it was like just a nice little touch, but everybody loved it because like, like you did, I mean, pull out that one shirt. And it's just like a freaking bomb went off. So I always just try to do more than people expect. So that mm. served me well. Yeah. That attention to detail really shows in the collar too. So that's, carrying it through. Great. Well, so Rob, this has been incredible having you on the show. How do our listeners support you? How do they, how do they get the shirts? All of that. So we're at milliondollarcollar.com is our website. Uh, we're also on every Amazon in the world. So if you are out of the country, you can certainly order there. Um, so the, the quick synopsis is million dollar collar is like a collar stay, except it's nine inches long and it goes down the front of your shirt where the buttons and the holes are. So it prevents that front from collapsing. Um, and then Go Tyless, we recently pivoted the company. So we were making our own shirts for a little bit. We're still making our own shirts, but now it is the classiest logoed shirt ever. And so what we can do is digitally print your logo into the contrast of the shirt. So inside of the cuff, inside of the collar band, and inside the placket is your logo printed in the fabric and then those pieces of the fabric are cut and sewn into the shirt so really really cool so if you've got a you know a, a business that you want your employees to kind of be you know in a uniform but not that you know old school left chest trade show looking embroidered thing uh these shirts are for you they're amazing they're made in turkey they're super high quality so we've got go tyless is that company million dollar collars the technology can be added to any shirt we've also got a huge marketplace full of shirts that already have million dollar collar installed um, we're on Instagram and Facebook and I'm always posting pictures of goofy looking celebrities with their shirts all sloppy and just trying to have some fun with it. Fantastic. Awesome, Rob. Thank you so much for being <laughs> on the show. It's great stories here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks. All right. <laughs> That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.